Christmas is about kids, isn't it, right? Uh, that's, uh, when they uh, said, hey, we're going to do this skit for the kids, I felt like I needed to distance myself somewhere out there from anything. But anyway, that's a lot of fun, isn't it? Uh, all the things, all the festivities. I want to say something very quickly. Everybody that served and did anything for Bikes for Kids, and we all, whether you were here or not uh, yesterday, everybody did something for Bikes for Kids at Faith Co. Church. Man, what an incredible day. If you had the opportunity to, to see that and be a part of it, you know what I'm talking about. And we'll talk more about that later. We gave, over, we gave away over 300 bikes. We gave away hundreds of helmets. And, and uh, we, we kicked off. Having, we had 1,000 toys to give away yesterday. And we had our own little toy store. And, you know, my job is to, uh, you know, I, I show up and everybody else is doing stuff. My job is to just go around and uh, have fun at other people's expense. That's, that's my job description on a day like that. But man, it was such an incredible day. You're going to be seeing some video of it, and you're going to be seeing a lot of things in the future. But I want to thank you. Man, I was so touched that our church, it was such a blessing as a pastor, that we were so generous, and we gave what We came down. It was 34 degrees when I left my house yesterday, and we came down in ski clothes and, and with hand warmers and heaters and and all that, and we had a bike shop where we had to replace and fix tires and all of that. And then we, there was a lot of uncertainty and all this, and it all came together, and it was an incredible day. So what I want you to do is I want you to give yourself a hand for such a good day yesterday. Go ahead. Anyway, that, that, is, that is the biggest event of Give that we do, and it kind of topped off Love Gives. I wanted to say something about that. Uh, we want to wish all of you, and it's not Christmas yet. It's, it's the 19th, isn't it? We're walking around wishing, it, wish, wishing everybody Merry Christmas. we got five more days or something like that. So, but this is the time because it's, it's before uh, December the 25th. But we want to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. And we want to, hopefully, uh, I'd like to give you a message of hope. Wherever you are today, maybe you're sitting here today, and, and maybe you're going through a tough time. Maybe the holidays isn't such a good time for you because I, I can tell you, uh, uh, for a lot of people, the holidays brings back bad memories. It doesn't bring uh, always good memories. Wherever you are this holiday season, whatever your story is, maybe right now this season for you is a struggle. Uh, maybe you're going through something in life or maybe something's happened. And, and right now in this moment on December the 19th, this is not the easiest thing for you to experience. Christmas is the last thing on your mind. I just want to give you a message of hope. That's kind of the theme of today's message in this service is a thrill of hope. You see, I want to offer you a message of hope that comes with us knowing Christ. Amen? So let me, let me begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we get to celebrate the birth of your son, coming to earth, living, dying, being resurrected from the dead. It's all about what you did for the earth. I thank you for that Speak to us today in Christ's name. And everybody said, look at your neighbor and say, hey, it's almost Christmas. It's almost Christmas. I don't know about you, but I'm really, really excited. The hardest thing I do is buy gifts and not give them away immediately. I just want to march right over. Look what, I, look what I get to I love the part of Christmas where we get to give. And uh, man, I had so much fun loading up bikes and uh, just, we got lots of pictures and the kids' reaction and all that. I love going into the toy store and, 
and, and watching, and uh, they were like, hey, and I was watching, the kids got to take, I think it was a gift or two, and a unicorn, there were unicorns back there, uh, piggy banks, that's what they were, and I was just like, I would see one, they're like, hey, you get to take more toys, and I'm like, Pastor Travis, we need you to leave, we've got a system here, you know, but, but just, there's just a hope that comes with this season, you know, and, uh, the world was plunged into darkness when sin came into the world uh, uh, millenniums ago. But there is a hope that is associated with knowing Christ. And we call that today a thrill of hope. What does it mean? Well, I want to go to Luke, the second chapter, and I want to read a little bit the story of when Jesus was born. Luke 2 in the first chapter. Luke, the second chapter in the first verse says this. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all of the world would be registered. They had to be registered in order to pay tax. It, about the time of Christmas, but it, it was about time for all this to happen. They, were, uh, they had to be registered to pay tax. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each of his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. He had to travel. When she was nine months pregnant, Mary had to ride either on a donkey or in a cart behind this donkey all the way to the town of Bethlehem in order for them to register, in order to pay taxes, uh, uh, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, uh, who was with child. And while they were there, in the midst of all these things that were going on, she's like, Joseph, it's time. The time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him up in swaddling clothes or small strips of clothing and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. The story of Christmas is the story of God sent hope. First of all, what, what is the hope? Well, first of all, hope in life. We have hope in this life. It's not just in life to come, but we are given hope in this life. Note this, right in the middle of everyday, ordinary life, of the struggle that was going on in Mary and Joseph's life, how many of you know life happens? Right in the middle of all your plans, right in the middle of your hope, right in the middle of Christmas season, right in the middle of, of all your good times that you're planning for, life happens. This was in the middle of tax season for them. Mary and Joseph were about to have a baby. Prophecy was in the midst of being fulfilled right in the middle of all this they have to travel to Bethlehem Bethel Acres if you will a donkey ride if you will being nine months pregnant salvation is on its way right in the middle of life during the hustle and bustle and the struggle and the complications and the problems going on hope is on is is on its way and get this there was no hotel rooms there was nothing available. There were no Airbnbs. Nothing was available. It's, it's interesting to me. And then there was, there was, there was no clothing. There, sh there was no baby blanket. There was, there was no place to have this baby. So they have this makeshift room, if you will. Where are we going to put the baby? There's a trough over there. Well, the, the donkeys have been eaten out of it. Well, let's just throw some blankets over it. So it, it was a manger. This, this whole thing doesn't look like it's very organized. That's very interesting, interesting conditions for the Son of God to be born. Wouldn't you agree? I would think that God would have planned better. 
Right? I mean, the, the Son of God is being ushered into the world to bring about, he is the Messiah, and he's going to free people. He is the ruler of the coming world. This is the Son of God. We got no room for him. You got to put him back there in a barn. I, I'm, I'm, when I read that, I think, seems like God would have planned better. This doesn't sound like hope to me. This sounds like despair. This sounds like desperation. 30 years later, Jesus would say these words, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. This is what's going on here. Have you ever felt like I'm still waiting on my abundant life to show up? <laughs> have you ever felt like that before? Here's the deal. Uh, just, just, this is exactly why Jesus came, to bring hope in the midst of desperation. And Jesus was born with a, with, within the midst of desperation. He was born within these conditions. God didn't usher in, in his son into the world that he would be special of any way. He ushered his son into the world, into regular conditions of life. So he could give hope to us right in the middle of our Lives, hope in everyday struggle of life. Number two, the thrill of hope looks like this. We have hope in salvation. In the eighth verse, it says, in the same region, this was right, this is the next verse. We pick up where we left off. In the same region, region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Why were they afraid? Because it's in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden there was a great light, okay? And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes or just strips, makeshift strips of clothing and lying in a manger. And suddenly, uh, there was, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. I have to ask you a question. How many of you have heard this story read before. I'm just curious. All right. I want you to just back up and think about this just for a second. This is so amazingly odd that this announcement, the, the position of this announcement. I mean, this, I would think that this kind of announcement would take place downtown somewhere. Wouldn't it make sense that this announcement of the Son of God coming into the world Thousands of years of prophecy and, and prophets pointing to this day that the Son of God, the star of Bethlehem, all of these things going on, I would think that somewhere down at the church house, at the synagogue, it would take place and this announcement would be for all of the city to see, but it wasn't like that. It happened somewhere on the backside of a dark field with shepherds watching over their flock. Isn't that interesting? It's interesting and yet odd. What did that look like? This is my staff, okay? This is what you could hear. This is what you could hear in the, in the field. Bah! 
<laughs> Unless it was a goat. <laughs> What's going on? All of a sudden, whoo, bright light. Three shepherds. I don't know how many there were, okay? Three shepherds. Host of angels. For, for unto you, you have been given favor. For unto you, a, a, a child is given in the city of David. He is born tonight. For unto you, a savior. Unto me? Unto him? Wake up. You got to see this. And a host of heavenly angels begin to sing, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, it's, they're all singing this great performance out in the middle of nowhere with, eh, eh. Man, this is, this is kind of special. You know, we ought to go check out whatever's going on over there in Bethlehem. Yeah, they did. But it's so interesting to me that, that this did not happen where thousands of people. That's the way I would have done it. That's the way I would announce my son being in the, in, the, in the world. I would have let everybody know. God did this out in the middle of nowhere where people were. Everybody, the world was asleep out with shepherds who were at work. That's, all of the shepherds were, were camping out in the fields, not religious leaders, not nobles, not priests, not prophets, just regular Nameless people that we don't even know who they are. Matthew 4 and 16 says, The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. Once again, the world was plunged into darkness because of sin. There, and because of that, there was a spirit of darkness that we all wrestle with. People, everyday ordinary people have to struggle with a spirit of darkness that attacks our life. But salvation is for people who struggle with darkness. I think he did this for a reason. This wasn't random. It wasn't that God had a plan. He was going to do it and never, it just, people didn't show up that night. It wasn't like that. I think that God had a plan about this, that it wasn't for the people who thought they knew when Jesus was coming. It was for people who, who just needed hope. John 1 and 9 says, the one who is the true light. It was, it was, this was prophesied about Jesus. The one who is the true light, who gives light, not to just... The famous people, not just to the notable people, but to everyone was coming into the world. This is the hope. This is what hope in darkness looks like. In order to bring light, Jesus had to be born into darkness. In order for Jesus to bring hope, he had to be born into hopelessness. Amen? We have a thrill of hope for salvation because of Jesus. And lastly, we have a thrill of hope in death. On down, this is a passage that a lot of people skip over when they read about Jesus. Luke 2 and 25, it says, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem. His name was Simeon. He was a righteous and devout man. He was probably a prophet. He was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. This was the hope of the nation of Israel in those days. They were waiting for a Messiah to come and rescue them from their oppression. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die. Imagine this hope that was given to you. That the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he would not die until he saw the Lord. He says, that day the Spirit led him to the temple. So that Mary and Joseph came to present the baby. 
Jesus to the Lord as the law required. Simeon was there. He took the child up in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Can I ask you a question? As I look at this story, just an, an amazing, amazing story. I don't have time to really go into it. What is your thought of death? Do you fear death? Now, there's a difference in not fearing death and having a death wish, okay? That's not what I'm asking you. You go out and do stupid things every day. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just asking you, what, do you, do you fear death? For, let me tell you this. For those who do not believe, for those that are non-Christians, death is absolute. Death is an absolute finality. It is the very end. Death is, is the most hopeless thing that a person can experience because it is an end to life. Therefore, death to the non-believer, death is severe and sad because it is a loss of life forever. When you let go of someone in this life, if you don't believe in the next life or if you don't believe in Christ, when you let go of someone, you let go of them forever. It's got to be the saddest, most severe thing because you will never, ever see that person again. However, to the believer, because of Jesus, because of the celebration of, of what we're celebrating today, we have hope even in death. We have hope even in death. Doesn't mean that we can't be sad, but we have hope. There's not a hopelessness in death. Death is the end of this life on earth for me and for you because we have believed on the Lord Jesus. Death is just the end of life on earth. Death is just the end of life on, and it means the beginning of the next life, which is eternal life. In fact, it is, it is when we begin our real life. Because of Jesus, the absolute worst thing that could happen to you in this life is now no longer finality. It's sad. It is simply a transition into real life. Into true life. When Jesus said that I have come to give you life, he didn't just mean here on earth. He says that I come to give you real life, which means this life is a prerequisite to what God is going to do in your next life. That is the hope that is given to us. Now, we might be sad or we might grieve. However, for a believer, funerals can actually be a celebration. For, for, for people that don't believe, you might have a life celebration, but you celebrate the life that they've lived. But for the believer, it's different. We celebrate the life that they've lived because of where they're going. Have you heard somebody say, we, they say things like this, we say things like this, they're on to their reward. Now they've, they're, they're on to a better place. For some people, death is gain. For some people, I remember watching my father pass away and even my mother. For them, death was, was a better place because they were suffering towards the end of their lives. They were in a lot of pain. I'll see you in the next life. I remember taking my, my dad's hand and saying, hey, listen. You know, he goes, he goes man, I'm going to be getting out of here soon. I know, I know. And him saying to me, I'm going to, and us saying, hey, I'm going to see you really soon. Listen, I'm about 25 years behind you. I'll be there. That's what death is like for the believer because we have believed on the Lord. And that's what I hope that you say about me. I hope that you're really sad. When I pass from this life, 
I hope that you're really, they have to drag you off my casket. Oh, it's terrible. But I hope that you walk away saying, man, he made it. It's more like a graduation, right? He made it. He did it. Let me tell you something, Travis. He fought hell his whole life. And if you don't know that about me, I do. He fought hell his whole life, but he made it. Man, he, there was a lot of things that, that were trying to trip him up, pastoring a church and all the things, and trying to get his kids raised and everything, and you know, living with his wife. And <laughs> just kidding, that's that's the good thing. That's the wonderful thing, okay? It's peace of heaven. Peace of heaven. Okay, so it was it was tough, it was terrible, but now he's graduated. It's on to the next life, amen. Because of what Jesus has done. The worst thing that can ever happen to you in this life is actually a graduation ceremony to enter into the next life where there was no more suffering, where there was no more pain, where there was no more death. Amen? That's because Jesus came to this earth and we have hope in the midst or even in the face of death. Jesus gives us that. I want to close with this. The thrill of hope is through faith in Christ. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we say the thrill of hope is because of the faith that we have been given in Christ. Hope in life, hope in salvation, and even hope in death. Amen? So, Father, I thank you today. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today, and, and thank you for the opportunity that we have to celebrate the birth of your son who came into this world lived and gave his life we celebrate that today and we have been given hope because of what you have done for us and I ask Lord that you will touch every life today and if there's anybody here today that does not have that hope I pray that they will surrender your life they will surrender their lives today in Jesus name as every head is bowed and I hope that you're praying and maybe God is dealing with your heart. Maybe you're here with your family and maybe you believe in Christ. Maybe it's not a matter of salvation, but it's a matter of you're going through a hopeless situation. I hope that this message has offered you a perspective, but I also hope that you will find and look to Christ for your hope, not in the circumstances that might be around you today. Travis, I feel hopeless in this situation. This is not about me believing in Christ. There's just a situation that I feel hopeless. If that's you today, I'd like to pray with you. Whatever it looks like, whatever, whatever your life looks like right now, if, if, if it's a hopeless situation, let me just pray with you. If you're seated next to somebody you love or next to your spouse, let me, you might take that person by the hand. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every person, every believer, Lord, that is going through a situation. Maybe it seems hopeless. I pray, Lord, that Lord, that you will speak to them. And I pray, Lord, that you will wrap your arms around them. And whatever they're going through, whatever their situation, they will not see it as hopeless because our hope is not in this life. Our hope is in you. Our hope is in your spirit. So I, I pray, Lord, that you will bring hope to the hopeless. I pray, Lord, that, that you will move in the situations that seem hopeless, Lord. And as we put our trust in you in every situation, you will bring about an answer. 
You will bring about a remedy, a solution. You will heal whatever needs to be healed. You will make a way in any situation. In the name of Jesus, if you receive that, say amen. If you'll continue to bow your heads, I want to pray today for those, if you don't know Jesus, if he's not Lord and Savior of your life, maybe you don't have hope about the next life. You can if you know Jesus. If you're watching us online, not here with us today, and you feel the Lord speaking to you to give your life to him, I want to, I want to lead us in a prayer here in just a second. If you're with us today and you say, Travis, I don't, I don't live for God. He's not Lord and Savior of my life. And today I really feel like God is speaking to me. Maybe you, maybe you have given your life to Christ and you walked away from the Lord and you feel like you need to get back to God. That's okay. You can do that. Or maybe you feel like you have never surrendered your life to Christ and the Lord is speaking to you today. I don't want you to miss this opportunity. I'm going to pray with you. Uh, I'm, not going to ask you to, I'm not going to ask you to stand or come down here, anything like that. But I'd like to know if I'm praying for people. So with nobody looking around, if that's you, if you can say, Travis, if you'll pray, I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to give my life to Christ. Just quickly put your hand up and put it down so I know I'm praying for somebody. Can anybody say that? That's me, Travis. That's me, Travis. I'm going to give my life to Christ. Okay. If you're watching us online, as we pray, I want you to pray with us and let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, as I'm before you today, I give you my life. Jesus, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. Wash me clean and whole by your grace. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me and rose from the dead. From this moment on, my life is committed to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate today. Go ahead and oh God, that's loud. Go ahead and stand with me, guys. Are we good? Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, real quick, guys, if you gave your life to Christ today, that's man, that's just the best decision that you're ever gonna make. And we we want to talk to you about that decision, talk to you about next steps in your new journey. So you can text save to that number on the screen, or I'd love to personally meet you at the Faithco info table. Um, directly following service. In addition to that, if you're new to FaithCo, you can text WELCOME. Um, if you want to join one of our community groups, one of our connect groups, that's how we, as we grow as we grow as a church, we want to stay feeling small. So that's a way that you can stay connected with that, join a connect group. Um, if you want to become a, a member, uh, you can text GT to that number on the screen. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, in addition to that, guys, um, we are not, so for Faith Coast students, we're done meeting this year. Our first meeting back is January. I believe it's 5th. That's the Wednesday. Um, until then, we're going to have some leader meetings, some training, stuff like that. So uh, please don't bring your kid. I can't believe I'm saying this, but please don't bring your kid to church on Wednesday because we won't be here. Um, that's all I've got for you guys. Um, I hope you have a really Merry Christmas. And may the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. And may he show you his favor and give you his peace. And all God's children said, you guys have a great week and a Merry Christmas.